Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, yes, thank you for being here. If you could do us a huge favor, I know we just met and I'm already asking you for a favor, so that's really annoying. <laughs> but if you could hit the subscribe button and that way, you know, you get to listen to us. Well, it just, it'll give you a little notification every time. Uh, I don't even know comes. if you get notified. I really? think you just open your podcast app and it's yeah, there. To be honest, we don't really know what it does. I know what But it we does. know that it helps us. It, well, it helps you find us. Like yes. every week you open your podcast app and then we're there. The podcast today that we're talking to Dr. Emily King and Penn's going to read her bio in, in a second. It's very impressive. But let me yeah. tell you this. This is a must listen for parents who don't yes. have children with special needs. And uh, like she tells us this, that parents who do have children with special needs, they talk about this a lot. They have their own language that they use to talk about it. And it's a good, helpful language that none of us know about. And, We're not good at it. And and those those mamas and daddies out there that are doing amazing things for their children, we're talking autism, ADHD, other, you know, neurodiversity. I mean, even just medically fragile children, they, they need the rest of us to come in and yeah. they need some adult contact. So we're going to talk all about some really important things to do and not to do and, and things to say and, and and not to say and it would let me tell you i will admit that i have been saying some things that i should not have been saying and i've been yeah out of out of love and out of trying to help so i i, I really learned so much today and you're gonna hear us learning yeah uh, we're, we're taping this afterwards you'll hear us saying oh really because we didn't think that we were saying anything wrong and these things she's telling us not to say actually sound sweet and they sound like they're with good intentions, but she's totally right. Like you shouldn't be saying these things. Yeah. So uh, let's get to it. Let's uh, hear about Dr. Emily. Okay. Dr. Emily King is a licensed psychologist and health services provider in a private practice in Raleigh, North Carolina. She specializes in working with children and adolescents with anxiety, ADHD, and autism spectrum disorders. She got her PhD at UNC. Uh, she completed her training in Houston, Texas, where she provided mental health services in elementary, middle, and high school kids for, uh, for five years. She's been in private practice since 2010. And as she says, she doesn't do adults because they're boring. Adults are super boring. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome, Dr. Emily King. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you 100% know somebody who is raising a child with special needs, right? It is very, very common. And I think I heard a grandma the other day, the sweet older woman say, you know, we didn't have autism when I when That's I was hilarious. raising my kids. <laughs> right? So Dr. Emily King, tell us autism, these sort of these other disorders that we have these diagnoses and names for now, they were around a long time ago, too, right? Yes, we are still neurodevelopmentally human right? as we were back then. Same thing. Same, Same thing. thing. 
And what is different now is that we name these things so that we can give people access to interventions and services and medical treatment. Um, because of insurance companies, we have to label things. Right. Is truthfully where that all evolved. But among the community of people on the autism spectrum and ADHD, it becomes part of your identity, really. Right. Whereas young adults who really embrace their autism will refer to themselves as autistic in a way that um, some people feel like that is um, you should use person first language, like a person with autism. Uh But when a lot of people feel like it is a part of them, there's no other way of being for them. Right. They will refer to themselves as an autistic person. So it's more of an identity now than it used to be. And um, we label it now. um, And sometimes parents are scared of that. But um, there are some benefits to understanding that thing. Looking back, the reason that older generations don't remember children in school with them with disabilities is that we have only legally required public schools to educate everyone since 1975. Isn't that amazing? So um, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was passed in 1975, and it still took time for kids to get in schools and um, kids can have an individual education plan called an IEP. Right. Um, And if you have a kid in public school, you know exactly what I'm talking about with an IEP. Um, And over time, that has all evolved into, you know, different schools getting, um, you know, maybe better training, not as much training. And that's why there's a lot. It's a lot to talk about with public schools and how we educate kids with disabilities. But going back to older generations, these kids were not in school. They were either at home being homeschooled or they were institutionalized. Um, And that's why older generations don't remember them because they weren't there. They weren't there. That's crazy. So, and, and you were talking about labels, right? Mm -hmm. I, so when I, when I was a kid, I was a space cadet. Mm -hmm. That was your label. Right. Now it's now there's now it's ADHD. That's better. Does it feel better? It's well, you know what? I don't know. I'll be honest with you because the word disorder is in there and it's not a great word. So I don't like that word. I actually don't use it a whole lot um, with kids, you know, even with kids, I'm helping explain autism or anxiety to them um you have anxiety or you are on the autism spectrum or um you and the other the word deficit is also adhd so that there's a lot there's a lot of negative in that and hyperactivity there's like three negative words in it difficulty with attention and activity level you know impulsivity those are the things i describe and it does have a name and this is what we call it there needs. I, I do think yeah. there's somebody needs to come up with a different like way to use the acronym and rebrand better, it. Rebrand. Yes, we, we need, need like, some rebranding. There, there, there was actually a doctor that we um, spent some time with who is trying to rebrand ADHD and to call it what fast brain that was the term you wanted yeah. to use. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was, which I thought was very clever because mm-hmm. it, it shows like the positive sides of it. But there, there's such a challenge. Like before we even get to the language, which we're going to talk about, right. in just the label. Right. But Absolutely. And that's the reason a lot of people don't want to label their children is they feel like it comes with a negative connotation. But it is very important, no matter what we call it, it is important for kids to understand their brains. Yeah. It's important for parents to embrace the child they're raising. And I struggle with helping families accept the label so that they can accept the child. Mm-hmm. But I get it. There's some families that it's just too hard to accept that label, but at least can we accept that there are different skills going on here that we have to work on in a way that's different than raising a neurotypical child. You are here with kind of a do and don't list for those of us with a neurotypical child that just really want to help and they just really want to connect with moms and dads that are raising kids with differences. Mm -hmm. And you gave me this list and I go, holy moly, I've committed some sins. I have said some things out of love, yeah, out of love thinking I was being helpful and I've just probably made matters worse. And again, you preface this by saying this isn't necessarily for everyone. Right. I don't want our friends and, and parents that we know to be scared at all to talk to other parents raising kids with disabilities because the disability community needs parents 
of neurotypical kids. And I'll explain why when we talk about it, but there's a great camaraderie among parents raising kids with disabilities, but everyone in that cohort is exhausted. Oh, I know. And so, yes, it's great for them to get together and talk about their challenges that are similar. We need some parents who are not exhausted to step up fresh and help meat. us. Yeah. Fresh meat. We need meat. some fresh meat. Fresh to meat. Help well, just kind of tap in and take over for a minute. With, right. To help tag team. It's a village. And um, some of these needs are honestly too much for even a two-parent household to handle and we need extended family and we need friends and we need community to help balance some of the stress that happens when parents are just worn too thin. Okay, let's start with this. You say, don't say, how's he doing as he's standing right there? Right. I've probably... <laughs> of course, that's uh, like a, that you're showing concern for them. I have a very saying, dear friend who... Um, her son is, you know, there, you know, there some developmental delays, including verbal delays. So I don't engage. I'm not able to really engage in a conversation, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he's not listening. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't have a memory of doing it, but I'm sure I have. Right. So this one is tough because we think about think about just typical development of toddlers, there is a shift that happens when you realize, oh, this kid is interacting with me. So you stop talking to the parent holding the baby and you start talking to the baby because you realize, oh, they're like pointing at me. And usually it's like 18 months around the time um, where kids are are pointing and using lots of gestures in typical development. And then by two, they're talking more. So you actually kind of get in their face and you're like, hi, how are you? Well, when you don't get that nonverbal or even verbal feedback from a young child because there's a social or a language delay, you assume that they don't want to interact or you assume that they wouldn't benefit from your greeting. They will benefit from your greeting and you are actually giving them a social opportunity to be like, oh, here's here's mommy's friend. And you can kneel down and say hi. And they may not respond or it may take them a while to respond. But that parent appreciated that. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just that you saw them. Right. And you but, saw them as a person. And don't put expectations on like making eye contact, no. shaking hands, mm-hmm. like none of that stuff. Yeah. Don't you are there that. just to say hello and notice that they're there too and give them a smile. And the more exposure kids get to that in the community, the better. Yeah. Before we get too far into this, I, I kind of want to clarify something yeah. because w- w- this list is, and it's already helpful. It, it's about how to be an awesome person to parents raising children with disabilities. You mentioned autism. Mm-hmm. You mentioned ADHD. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are two different things. Are, are you saying oh, this totally. is this? Because I think honestly, people who have ADHD are like, Hey, I got ADHD. Like they, they, yeah, well, kid, yeah, I, I, it's I much more normalized. Yeah, um, yeah. Certainly, I think there will be one day where autism is as normalized as where ADHD a child might is, say, "Hey, child, I have well, autism." Well, and that's already happening. That's awesome. That like, is, I've, I have never heard of so that. So you before. may, yeah, you, I mean, um, you know, probably half of my clients um, have autism. Pretty much, almost everyone has anxiety and ADHD that I work with, and. Some children have a lot of social anxiety and it takes them longer to embrace that. But there are lots of kids on the spectrum who embrace it late elementary school and they march right into middle school and they're like, hey, I have autism and this is how I learn. And that is the ultimate goal. But that can't happen unless the parent has embraced it and the parent has coached their kid on understanding what their brain is like. And that that's the ultimate. And sometimes it doesn't happen for people until high school or even their 20s. But we also have a, a generation of parents realize their kid is diagnosed and then they realize, oh, wait, I think this is actually what I struggle with. Maybe it's yeah. milder, but they've gone their whole life not realizing what it was. Yeah. Right. And they've been functional completely, you know, have a job, have a family. But it's been hard. And that's what there is. There is a spectrum. There's a spectrum right. of like, sure. just yeah. So that is. Um, and I do know that I had a friend whose daughter was diagnosed. And in that process, her husband discovered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it was eye opening. And it was so helpful in the right. marriage of like, oh, my gosh, like this is why in this in this marriage, why we have had trouble with this, mm-hmm. this and this. Anyway, we're going. Yeah. On. So but back to kind of what types of disabilities this is relevant to, you know. I'm most of my experiences around autism, ADHD and anxiety, but this is going to be in terms of parent self-care and helping a family. This is relevant to if a child has a developmental delay or if there's a medically fragile child or if your child's in the hospital, you know, just logistically needing 
more care than your typically developing child, whether that's emotional, behavioral, or medical. Okay. This list is yeah. true it, for, for many of them. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it seems to be universally, mm-hmm. it, it applies universally. I, I'm just, to me, I'm curious about the way, not just we talk about it in front of them, but how they talk about it themselves. Right. And I am shocked to hear that, that autism has gotten to that level because it seems that like in the some, kind of thing it's you definitely not about, widespread, you know I mean? but we're making yeah. progress. That's we are great. definitely making progress. Yeah. yeah I loved, um, and, and we were going to get to this list cause it's really good, but Amy <laughs> Schumer had a stand up special yep. and she, and she was bragging on her husband yep. and he, and she's like, Oh yeah. And he's autistic. And I think it's amazing. And it was so cool to be like, mm-hmm. I think it's, he does. And she listed the yeah. benefits mm-hmm. of all that. Yep. And why would she be scared if her son had the thing that she, you know, all these things that she loves about her husband? I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and there was also recently um, a contestant on The Voice with Asperger's, and he oh. was like, "Hey, I have Asperger's, so I may do some, you know, funny things, but like, let's this do is it. me." <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, don't say you're such a warrior, Mama. I don't know how you do it. That seems like a really nice thing to say. <laughs> uh, here's here's what? the the breakdown of why that hits people in a way that feels kind of negative or overwhelming. They are exhausted. Yeah. And they already have questioned probably 10 times that day how they're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, they want a break and they would like a free pass not to be a warrior mama today. Right. They so when you rem- don't feel like a warrior mama. Right, you don't feel like a warrior mama, but basically what you're saying is I admire you, but I'm kind of sort of glad I'm not you right now, which is yes. kind of what why it feels bad. And it's yeah. the second sentence that does it's that. It's the second it's, sentence. It's, I don't know how you do it. That's So the better thing to say at times, too, is how are you doing it and are you okay? Are how you, are, are you? you okay? Just how are you? Yeah. And, and yeah, and just be prepared for whatever comes out. Be prepared because when you ask a special needs parent how they are you're not going to get fine Can, good and that person should <laughs> you're going to get a conversation good and they, and, they should yeah. be, be like you should be a safe space for them to have right. that exactly can i say something mm-hmm. I, i'm going to be like johnny random comments because i do have adhd people and i'm like <laughs> Squirrel. and you own it so people have been saying this to me a lot lately because i've been like working with my my parents are like they're in, an, right. in skilled nursing like i'm getting People are asking me all of this stuff. I've, I've got. Well, it's because this is a caregiver situation. Yeah. Right. And that's when people see you loaded up with responsibilities, they want to give you a compliment. But really, like, how does that make you feel when people are like, how are, how do you do it? You're so right. They they always say, I don't know how you're doing this. And how does that make you feel? I mean, I haven't really, I I don't, (laughs) I don't take account of my feelings ever, Emily. Oh my gosh. Here we are live. Yeah, um, we had a big one last I, night. I know. I, I was like, like so, tell me about your feelings. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. That's it's how it, it ended well because I did. Yeah. I I feel like it's shining a light on um, how uh, sucky things are. It reminds you and, how sucky yeah. it is. And I yeah. guess I need to be reminded of that sometimes. But I... You already know, know that. You already <laughs> I know. Guess that's true. Yeah. Right? I, like, I've, I've never really thought about this. I don't know that I love it when people say that. It's like, it's just... You know what? And people say yeah. that a lot to parents raising kids with disabilities because you're in it every day. Like, yeah. you, you won't be you're caring like, for older parents forever. Th- that's, that's the thing. I think there is a difference in that. There is something when it is your child and you have to go mama bear it is it is mm-hmm. i mean it, was, it it sucks right now dealing with um it's something when it's your dad too me- yeah medically right. fragile parents yeah. for sure but i i will say mm-hmm. yeah okay um don't say have you tried mm. is I- that tired or tried it's tried it's a typo <laughs> oh <laughs> because i thought like you, there was like a new term and, and have love- you tired <laughs> oh i am tired they are tired they are just, tired just, you know this is way, printed out as have you tired it's so funny the pen picks up typo because right. he'll send like an email to you know a fan, like, no i, I thought like, it could work both ways we're you know so have I, you tired <laughs> um i'm there yeah. yeah see um i i think that at some point i was probably like oh i heard about like gluten going gluten-free mm-hmm. and dairy-free and with adhd oh, yeah because we took out dairy and gluten for my son, like for an entire summer, and his behavior totally changed. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Right. And I think for like an ADHD mom, I was like, have you tried? Yeah. And now I was like, she we can, all, yeah. yeah, we all want to be helpful. We do. But yeah. 
just trust that this parent's mission since they were first concerned has been to figure this out. They've tried everything. They have tried everything. They have Googled everything. They have been to every doctor. They've called everybody. They have called everybody. They have tried anything that you probably could mention they have thought about or worried about. And so it's not helpful unless you totally get a pass if you're also another special needs parent. And you're like, oh, hey, this worked. This worked for us. And it's like, yay, let's celebrate it. And all you have to say is this worked for us. You don't have to say, have you you tried tried it? it? Are you aware? Have you done enough research to know this? Have you gotten 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 to yeah. be in my and, shoes right and, now. You know, where, where Penn is saying, he, he, does, he does this a lot because he wants to help people. Yeah, yeah we I'm, want I'm to help. Felix. And he's, he I wants have, to fix yeah. it. So even if it's, last night we had our kids, you know, Christmas pageant, we're, rec- we're going to release this in January, but we record in December. And his friend, like we're walking in, we're trying to find a seat. He goes, oh, they need a babysitter because their babysitter left town and we need to get them babysitters. I'm like, we can do this later. He's like, no, 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 I'll just, he like wants to like, help everybody Mm -hmm. which is really sweet but yes but i also like anytime anyone tells me a problem i skip the man that must really suck the empathy and i go straight to oh i think i hear try this try this try that can you do this like i like i want to make it better and which is sweet yeah but but i like sometimes just stick with the empathy yeah it's not about the nail like that have you seen that video anyway we'll put it in the yeah anyway don't say does your kid have special talents is that an autism thing? Like, so people with kids and people with autism um, often do have a really a vast range of skills, yeah, and like high some high abilities, and then sometimes some lower abilities, and that's why school is so hard because school is really taught in the middle range of everybody does the same thing right. for average. It could be that your child has like a visual memory and has you know. Tell you what day man and they could. So that's the stereotype. But um, every single person is different. So every (laughs) person in the autism community knows this phrase. But in case your listeners don't, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. That's really true. (laughs) So um, and and it's tough when we talk about, you know, the downside of labels is that you say a label and you make assumptions that everyone with that label is the same. Well, we are making progress in getting to a space where if you say someone has autism, your next question needs to be, well, tell me about them because the answer to that is absolutely completely different from every person. So what would be, some people are not going to at all be offended by that question, but if it's overused and people feel like that's the only thing that's noticed about their kid is their savant skill or whatever strength it is, they're missing the big picture of their kid. And it's also, just one part. if you're if your child does not have some sort of special skill, you're now like, oh, actually, right. No. Not all autism presents that way. Right. You use the term savant, and I love that term, mm-hmm. and I've heard it before. Actually, it's funny. I think the first time I heard about it, someone described it as an idiot savant. Like, that was the term for it. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> I, I, I yeah. Am I, I making that up? No, I... That's okay. Good. Yeah. And, and what it is, is it's like their superpower, right? It's like a splinter skill, yeah. right? So that's an okay term to use? Yeah. Okay, good. That's what okay. it is. Absolutely. Once you get to know a family and a child, you'll figure that out about them. The um, teenage activist Greta, oh, you know yeah. her her skill. I mean, she's like totally oh, into changing the world, the environment. She's changing the world, but that is an interest. Now, that's not necessarily a savant skill, but it's a high interest that she's probably spent tons of time learning about, and she's totally going to change the world. And she's Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so sure. just to clarify, yeah. Mo- so in the medical community, we're on board with all this, but I know there's still some confusion. So several years ago, the autism diagnoses were changed and Asperger's was taken out of the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Now it is just one umbrella term of autism spectrum disorder. Okay, so... So people, though, still identify with the term Asperger's. So if someone says... I I read about that she had Asperger's. So even that person who wrote that article... Right, so medically... Well, medically, we're not using it anymore. But if you are on the autism spectrum and that is the label you identify with you know I kind of think about it as um, 
kind of gender stuff. Like if that's what you identify with, you get to Got call, it. you get to call yourself that, you know, 100%. but medically it's just one umbrella term now. And then we talk specifically about what the gotcha. skills and needs are skills within are. that. Okay. Yep. So to recap, don't say, does your kid have special talents, but you're saying instead like ask what you can do to help. Right. And also I think I love how you said, ask like specific questions. Like what I think you said, what would you like me to tell my kids to best understand your child when, that one is when golden. They come over, right? okay. Golden. And the reason is you are modeling acceptance for your kids and you are modeling inclusion for your kids. And y'all are raising kids that are going to be in the workplace with these kids or in the community. And they need to know that not everybody's brain is the same. And right. they need to know that somebody may struggle to eat a variety of foods but they can program this computer over here, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. That's such a vastly different skill. And um, just with having families get together. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Together, just saying what would make your child comfortable when we get together tonight would be huge. You're thinking about it, yeah. providing it, and not to be offended when the family stays an hour or leaves or early yeah. or less, you know, doing what you can to help um, have everybody interact and show your kids that everybody has different skills and we're going to get together as long as we can. And, yeah. um, and, ha and, and also the, what you say to your children um, does depend on how that family, where that family is in the journey of accepting a diagnosis of talking to their own family or their own child about the diagnosis and how they want other people to know about right. it. Right. And I think that's a good question. I probably should do. We have a little friend that has, you know, has special needs and I probably need to ask the mama next time he comes over is like, how should we? Cause I think I've heard some, you know, Penn Charles is like, he hit me. He did this, he did this. And mm -hmm. it's, and it's not, it's not yeah. that it wasn't like a bad behavior thing. It was just, it was like this, a tick almost. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and it wasn't aimed at him. It wasn't right. anything like that. I think he got in the way of something. So I need to do a better job and, at that. So while we're on this topic, mm -hmm. do you like, do, do you ever encounter something where like you're trying to use all this language? You want to ask specific questions about your child, but like the mom or the dad is still in denial yeah. about this. Absolutely. And there's certainly, you know, one of the more difficult conversations um, and, and tough things about being aware of all of this is you may, you may see a child that you think something is developmentally different about them, but you're not sure if the family is concerned or on board. Just trust that they're check they're looking at it and checking it out, and um, and then also asking them how. Just maybe it's not labeled yet, maybe it's not diagnosed yet, but how can we help your whole family be comfortable when they come over instead of maybe not saying just the child okay good to, tip you know yeah just, and but also moms know everything and dads mm -hmm. they're on it right <laughs> so right. Even, they're yeah. on it yeah don't say god knew what he was doing when he picked you for his mama this is the worst one oh i'm having gosh. okay it's the worst one and it's the one that i disagree with so you and i are gonna have oh, some fun do it. you're not allowed to disagree honey I'm allowed to be, I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna be proven wrong but i think i can be the, okay, the so, ombudsman I, here by the way 
have said this. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm it's sure. so sweet. It's like the well, nice. Well, isn't it special that we, you know, parents, a certain parent got picked for a certain kid, well, but that's I, just I'm kind like, of not true, I, right? I don't think I do the God gives us what, only what we can handle. I don't know if I've said that, but I'm like, I, I've, I've definitely said, you know, your son is, you know, God picked you, yeah. you know, you are, your son is like, so, so, so lucky sweet. to have you. You're nice so, so amazing. I, I've done that, but tell me why. Yeah, so there's yeah. a phrase uh, that's, you know, goes around on social media and with special need parent communities that if God only gives you what you can handle, God must think I'm a badass. And it's true that it's a lot. You've been given a lot to handle, but the reason that it hits you um, and hits parents that way is because they like a past to maybe, and it's painful to admit, but they'd like a past to maybe not be the chosen one that day. Yeah. <laughs> Have an Thanks out. God. <laughs> Thanks God. But also it would not be any different if you had been the one that was chosen. Everybody steps up to whatever they are given in general. Right. And so it's almost like back to the whole, I don't know how you do it. I, yeah. Well, if you were given this, you would be doing it too. And I guess, um, Penn, if, if somebody said. They a, have. About your parents. They have. And do, what is, how does it make you this, feel? Good. That's what like. So, <laughs> maybe they haven't like, said I, it enough. I am the chosen one. Well, yeah. Guys, well, that, maybe that just says a little bit about me. I love it when people tell me that I'm awesome. Because so, you like attention. Even if it's talking crap about the other... See, here's the thing I... Yeah, here's here's what I'm realizing when you said it. I like it because it makes me feel like, oh, I really... like this, the chosen one. This person is acknowledging me for having like a, a lot of patience and for like... They, they are acknowledging that I... That there's only a certain type of person who can do it and it's me. And what I wasn't considering is that it's really throwing shade at everybody else but me. <laughs> Right. And it's, that's kind of douchey. So I'm I am I am actually where you are now, um, and I understand it, it. I have gotten 27 emails that say that in the last. Well, and I also, you know, I also think there is a difference too with you expect at some point to take care of aging parents. You're right. And yeah, I can't. Really no one goes into parenthood saying, "I really hope." that I have a kid who's challenging to parent. Right. Right? It's an unexpected journey that yeah. is a process to accept. There's grief involved of how you process that. And there's grief involved with, you know, caring for an aging parent as well. But it's a it's a life thing that happens to everyone. Yeah. yeah. There, it, and it's, it's your turn it, for it to happen cycle. to you. There's, and yeah, so there's there are people order. who go through their whole life without parenting a ch- challenging child. And it's okay for parents with disabilities to be a little angry that those people have it easier. Uh, yeah. And, and, and to your point, I should not be making this about me because it's they're, they're, they <laughs> you're are, a chosen one, Penn. They are two. Chosen. They are two totally different things. I also think that this this quote is like the it's the comparison, like it's the stepsister of bless your heart. Right. It's kind of similar to that one, which you hear a lot in the South here. You hear it a lot. You just want people to hug you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you offer like say yes when she or he can go out. Like yes. if your friend says. Hey, I got 30 minutes or I got an hour. Can you meet me here? You drop everything and go like you or invite. No. How does that work? Should I always be inviting? Like, should I always be reaching out even if it's so I would say um, never give up on inviting your friend. That's a parent of a child with special needs because it all has to do with exhaustion or availability. And just because they said no does not mean that they don't want to. Right. They're not ever really turning you down because they don't want to. Right. So don't give um, up. Don't give up. But also it um, can really be more helpful sometimes. And just ask the parent if you come to them. It seems like that's a hassle for you to come to their house. But the kids are comfortable usually at home. That's a really good With their good toys, with their routine. A lot of kids on the autism spectrum are not going to be flexible with different time frames, different food, different anything. But if you want to give some, you know, adult attention to your friend, maybe it's going over there after the kids are asleep, or maybe it's going over there when, um, on a, a weekend day when kids are entertained and you yeah. can show up for them and they don't have to get dressed. Yeah. 
to I go mean, somewhere. Yeah, and that, which is also like another layer of, like, and then like finding childcare and all of that is which another layer. Of, is a whole another thing because it's it's difficult to find childcare for um, yeah. kids that have different disabilities. Yeah, and then don't expect their house to be clean either. Ever. I would say that just in general, don't expect people's homes to be clean. Don't say, "Oh my gosh, this this one I actually hate." Everything happens for a reason. Right. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. What should we say instead? What should we do Nothing instead? Nothing happens for a reason. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> we just don't even need to acknowledge that that is a thing, yeah. right? Because, yes, these children make parents better people. They do. Mm-hmm. But it takes years and it takes growth and struggle and it's a process. And I will say, you know, parents of kids with special needs are some of the most enlightened and authentic people Mm. because they do not put up with crap and they they don't don't have have time time for it. They don't have time to put up with crap. They don't have time to put up with people who are not just going to love them for who they are. And they get there fast because they're, it's just not there. So many things that come across their plate are just not there scene right. and they can't do it or they you know their kid can't do it so they move on and um they accept that process so much more quickly than parents who are maybe faced with that when their kid doesn't go to the college that they wanted them to go to yeah. you know that's uh, and you're like, like trade your problems there right for a second. so um you know don't fly that one by a parent with <laughs> and, a kid with special needs because uh, they will not care about your small problem mm-hmm. again like everything else on this list these are all said with good intent right sure like and i don't is, want any of these people to stop talking to their parent right. friends no never stop talking and, and this person who's saying everything happens for a reason is trying like they're being spiritual they're they're saying like look everything happens this way but i do think we were talking about like what should you say this is kind of the opposite of empathy it's dismissing like right. how bad like maybe the opposite is man that that sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> or like how what, like, are you yeah exactly I'm gonna your your paper's so loud, honey. That's what I'm saying. No, I saw that note. I know. And you're <laughs> Kim passed me a note to said that said stop with the paper. I know, and I feel like you're just re- it's really disruptive. Okay, <laughs> I love you. I mean, but you're uh, also saying like drop off a lasagna on their front porch and just like leave a note and text them and say, hey, dinner's ready. Like, d- right, Don't so, expect like to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of saying, let me know if you need anything. Oh, I'm bad at that. So don't say that because we nobody's gonna ask for help. We can't figure out what we need as parents sometimes. So usually when we say, you know, let me know if you need anything to all of us, it's like small talk, right? So what parents of kids with special needs need is sleep to have some extra food every now and then that they did not cook and time with adults. Yeah. Um, And so if you want to, so if you're going to bring food, just bring it, leave it, Tell them it's there and they will love you. Yeah. Because you just allowed them to not have to cook dinner while they're doing whatever happens. 97 other things. Four and six at night in everyone's home. Uh, Yeah. And along the same lines of um, helping um, neurotypical or non disabled siblings. So that's one of the main ways um, and really easy ways for people to be helpful is, you know, these siblings. Growing up in homes with um, kids who have lots of meltdowns or kids who um, get upset really easily, they need a reprieve too. Um, and so, point. letting um, having a trusted family where that kid can just kind of go eat, go have a sleepover, go on a trip with that family, great. You know, it helps the parents um, of the child with a disability focus on that kid without feeling guilty that they're not giving attention to their other child. As well as just, as we all know, with siblings, just separating the sibling dynamic right. is always helpful. Oh, it's, that's always pretty helpful. True. They're yes. like always so great one-on-one. Yes, <laughs> this is the truth. You speak the truth. Don't say, I don't care if it's a boy or girl as long as it's healthy. What does that mean? Whew. Okay, so lots of people say this, right? Like, yeah. do, you, do you want a boy? Do you want a girl? I don't care as long as it's healthy. Uh-huh. 
What are you going to do if the if baby's not, not healthy? healthy? I just figured out why it's bad. Okay. She does a really good job letting us figure it out by asking mm-hmm. questions. This is, she's, that's why she's good at her job, honey. Mm-hmm. Because if you say, I don't care if it's a boy or a girl, as long as it's healthy, and then they're born with like some yeah. something, then... then yeah, you, you have a medically fragile child. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you not okay with that now? Oh, you're so sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be okay. So we got to okay. stop saying that. Yeah. Well, also, I have a so, vasectomy, so we're good. Um, <laughs> like, we're, like, but you don't hear it the way that special yeah. needs parents hear it yeah. until you have a child with a disability or have a child that's med- medically fragile. And then you hear people say that and you think you don't know really what you're talking about. Because if you have a child with a disability, you're going to totally love that kid. You're going to yeah. love them. Yeah. And that phrase just doesn't even make and so sense. You, and you, you should just say, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I'm so excited to have a baby. Right. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same as saying, I don't care if it's a boy or it's a girl as long as it's not gay. It's like something, honestly, like I'm, 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 that's kind of what it is. And we've been it's, saying it forever, and it's forever. Seems like a, it's yeah. a very common phrase to say at baby showers, and or an older generation of people say ask us God. this and say this all the time. I feel so. Is, I, I'm a different person now. This is the new. <laughs> we have like no. This is the, this is like. Do you remember? Some people who are like my age, do you remember when you finally sat down with uh, like my first conversation with like my a good gay friend of mine? And it was a, a list like this of stuff that we have like said forever. And you just, it just, it's like regular commonplace speak. Right. And you're like, no, 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 no. And then you're like, wait, I've been an idiot for a long time. Well, yeah. Kind of how I feel right now. I mean, first <laughs> of all, you weren't saying that many things, but. No, but it, it was very nuanced things with good intentions. Oh just God, like right. this. The paper thing. Okay, honey. Gonna, I love you. <laughs> I love you. These are very good microphones. <laughs> You are the only person who can hear this, so the people in the podcast are going to find it very funny. Okay, I can't wait like, for you guys to, once you hear it's, Penn's it's paper. It's not that loud. <laughs> That's loud. Once you hear Penn's paper, yeah, you let me know. Okay, but like I have the headphones on. Maybe we're, I'm we're, just we're okay. with it. Okay, love you. <laughs> I love you. Hey, Emily. Hey. <laughs> so back to your comment. Back to your yes. comment. When we know better, we do better. My Angelou. Yeah. Right. So... We just, this is all evolving and we're talking about it so much more now. And we have an opportunity to normalize this and talk to our kids about neurodiversity and how to best support people. And it's easier when you can see the disability. It honestly is. But so many of the things I work with and that we're talking about today, you can't see. And um, there are absolutely children that don't look like they're about to have a meltdown and then they have a meltdown right? and you, you have to trust the family and talk to the family and figure out what do they need because the family will know. And I think I, I definitely, I don't want to stop people from talking. Right. Yeah. So this is to give people some cues Mm -hmm. perhaps of what not to say, Mm -hmm. but But I'm sure people are going to mess up. You're going to mess up. And people are going to say some of this stuff and it will go fine because someone won't be triggered by it. But these are just some general things that I know will rub people the wrong way given their experience. Right. And, and the hope is that people feel more comfortable having a conversation with a mama at the playground who is, you know, maybe struggling, maybe like, would you encourage if I see somebody at the playground, their child is struggling, I can tell she's struggling. I can, I should go up and talk and, and, but not expect any sort of be like, can I help? Can I, like, what should I be saying? Yeah. I am. Well, I think just, Hey, and do what you would normally do. Okay. And then see where it goes. Okay. Do what you would normally do. And, um, one where you do help is if, a kid is tantruming in public and you see a mom or dad struggling because there are things all over the floor or whatever, pick up some things and just help them and move on and and move on. And it's just, it's similar to you wouldn't judge that if it were a two year old, right? Cause that's what two year olds do. But let's say it's a six or seven year old. Um, and it feels unusual to you because the child seems older If you see a parent at Target that's struggling with a kid's behavior, maybe they're throwing things out of the cart. Maybe they're just, you can't help calm that child down. You don't have the relationship with that child. Of course. You can pick stuff up for that parent. You can smile at that parent. You cannot be judgmental. You could also not ignore them because they, you know, they may say, oh, I'm good. Thank you. And not need your help. But 
you're available if they do. So if you see a two-year-old doing that in Target, you don't think much about it. It's almost like solidarity, been yeah. there, right? But if you see an older child, maybe six, seven, or eight doing that, it feels unusual because you feel like they're maybe too old to be doing that. But assume something is going on with their development. That parent absolutely knows how to handle that and pick the things up and help just like you would if it were a younger child. Okay. And, and, and with, to our friends that are, you know, don't give up. I think it, I have to, I, I will admit that like, it is harder to keep in touch with my friends with special mm-hmm. needs just because our schedules are like at this point now, our kids, as our kids are older, you know, cause we would do like mm-hmm. little gym classes together. Right. And so now we're, now we're in sports and they're right. Not. not. So, and here's the other, you bring up a great point because they're going to be friends that you, if you don't have a child with disabilities and they do, your kids may not be friends. Your kids may not be right. in soccer together. Your kids may not be in gymnastics right together. Right now, I mean, we used to see so, each other every Thursday. Now it's like we're right. not. So um, your friendship's going to evolve and maybe look different. And maybe your families get together, but your friends are not friends. Um, a lot of kids with disabilities have a bunch of different therapies and those therapies are their extracurriculars. And that's why you don't see people right? because they're taking their kids, all these therapies. I mean, most children with autism have a psychologist, an occupational therapist, a speech language pathologist. They go to school. Sometimes they have a tutor. Sometimes they have a psychiatrist. Sometimes they have a, how do these parents have jobs? They're all different people. Like there's not, there's not like an all in one type of person who can, and also these parents are working. They're working, and this is all expensive. Yeah. Oh, bless so, these parents. Right. So this is why they need a break, and this is why they're um, – and they're not doing usually the extracurriculars that um, other children are doing because of some limitation, if it's a motor limitation or a social limitation. And a lot of kids' sports are not their thing. Of course. Right? I mean, even for like, – Even for neurotypical kids. Right. But um, – asking you know what is what is your kid into lately is a helpful question because you want to learn more about them and not just assume they're at home doing nothing they're into something (laughs) they're doing something yeah this feels like one of those podcasts like i could care less how many people listen to our podcast sometimes (laughs) like i want this to be heavily shared because this is this is really a new frontier of information that and i'm sitting here thinking like there, there are all these times when we're going to look back at ourselves 20 years ago and be like, man, we were so not in, educated about this. And I think that's like 90% of the world right now. When well, it comes I to just thank y'all so much for wanting to talk about this. Yes. And because I talk to parents every day in my psychology practice and because of privacy laws, I don't, I'm not able to talk to them about each other, yeah. uh, but I often will tell them and sometimes we'll find them like, meeting each other in my waiting room or, oh, and, cool. and it's cool. Cause I'm, I want to be like, y'all need to get together, but yeah. I don't because yeah, of privacy can. laws. But, um, you know, I hear these stories all day, the days I work, you know, yeah. all day long. And these parents need other parents who have more time and have, are more rested and can just give them a little reprieve and help them feel included um, and not be scared to ask questions yeah. to learn just to learn about their kid. Yeah. And I think like if you're if you don't know what to say, like you cannot go wrong with any parent asking, tell me about your kid. Tell like, me about your kid. And how are you? But not yeah, how is he doing while he's standing right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what's he into these days? Yeah. Like those sorts of questions. How are you doing? Like those are just you can start a conversation with that and go from there. Mm hmm. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see the feedback on this because I think we'll get a lot more responses. There'll probably some yeah. other things that I've done and said that that uh, are that are off. Yeah, we, in, in the in the spirit of just trying to love and help, yeah. but not yeah. not doing a good job. Of no, it. you're doing great. I mean, you have some. I mean, we could talk to Emily about it. You do have some paper rage issues that obviously jumped out. You don't like the sound of paper crumbling. <laughs> paper but rage. otherwise, you, I don't like I, paperwork. I, yeah. You're right. I yeah. Think, no, no, it's it's I have this. Like a mental. You, you have like a rage <laughs> fit do. when I hold paper, but otherwise you're very like you're the most empathetic person that I know. I think this comes more naturally to you than it does to a lot of people. Well, I but I do know for I mean, because uh, everybody knows somebody who has a child who's 
Yeah. yeah. It, it, it has special needs of some sort. And I do, I, I, I kind of parachute in and parachute out for, you know, either a visit or a girl's night or whatever. And I hear the stories and I, and I think, holy crap, you know, I, I need to do more and I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and, but I love the dropping off dinner. I love like yeah. all that stuff because I don't especially know what to lasagna. do. And I do do, especially lasagna, yeah. but I do the, let me know if I can help. Mm-hmm. That's so annoying. I'm going to, I'm just going to offer like, help. Like do something specific. Cause yeah, like, let do me know something if, specific. Like I'm going to come yeah. over from sa- on Saturday <laughs> from like one to three, go run yeah. errands. Well, and here's another treat. This is totally kind of out of left field, but go take coffee and then let them go back to sleep <gasps> on a Saturday morning oh. and hang out with their kid. That's genius. Oh, you take coffee house. for yourself. You, you can't give it to them. Oh, that's though. right. You wouldn't give it to them. But you could, you know. You just bring, appear with bagels. You just appear and then morning. let the parent go back to sleep. Yeah. That is dreamy. And, and offer stuff specific. Like, don't be yeah. like Clark Griswold's dad who says, if you need me, I'll be upstairs asleep. Yes. I know, um, my when he's putting line. his lights on. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank this you is good stuff. so much for uh, helping us talk about this and have good conversations. And You're if welcome. you loved this podcast, I hope you have loved this information. Please, please share it because I think there is so much valuable information. So you can take a screenshot. Um, put it on Instagram, share it on your Facebook feed, because I think this is really good stuff that everybody needs to hear. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys for listening. I'm just going to take this and throw it in the trash. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> All right. We're going to deal next week on how to be passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in then. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.